Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. Today, one of our listeners writes in and they have a great question. And the question is this, what is the day of the Lord? Well, friends, the day of the Lord refers to a special day or a period of time when God's purposes for the world will be fulfilled. Some scholars even believe the day of the Lord will will be longer than a period of time a period of time when the Lord will reign throughout the world before he cleanses heaven and earth in preparation for the eternal state of mankind. Now, still others believe that the day of the Lord will be an event occurring immediately when the Lord returns to earth to redeem faithful followers of Christ and send non-Christians to eternal damnation. The term the day of the Lord is used throughout the Old Testament. Further, it's used in the New Testament as well, and it is alluded to in Revelation six seventeen, and or excuse me, in Revelation six seventeen and sixteen fourteen. Now, the Old Testament handles the day of the Lord with a sense of eminence, a sense of nearness, and a sense of expectation. Here are some passages for us. Isaiah thirteen six says, "Wail for the day of the Lord is near, as destruction from the Almighty will come." Ezekiel 30 verse 3 says for the day of the Lord for the day is near the day of the Lord is near it will be a day of clouds a time of doom for the nations Joel 2 1 says blow a trumpet in Zion sound an alarm on my holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming it is near Joel 3 14 says multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision Zephaniah 1.7, Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. And so when the Old Testament refers to the day of the Lord, it has in mind a near and a far fulfillment. Now some Old Testament passages refer to the day of the Lord, which describe historical judgments that have been fulfilled in some sense. Other passages refer to divine judgments that will take place at the end of the age. Now, the New Testament refers to the day of the Lord as a day of wrath, a day of visitation, and the great day of God the Almighty in Revelation 16:14. It also refers to a still future fulfillment when the wrath of God is poured out on unbelieving Israel and on the unbelieving is unbelieving world, excuse me. Now, scripture is clear that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And so that means that Christians should be watchful and ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus at all times. You see, the time of redemptive history being described here in in this video, this, this audio, it will be a time of judgment, but also of salvation, as the Lord will deliver remnant Israel, fulfilling the promise that all Israel will be saved, as Romans 11.26 says forgiving their sins and restoring the chosen people of God to the land that he promised to Abraham. So the outcome of the day of the Lord will be what Isaiah 2.17 describes. Now, the ultimate fulfillment of the day of the Lord will be the fulfillment of all the promises that concern the day of the Lord, 
which describe the end of history when the Lord with wondrous power will punish evil and fulfill all of his promises. Now, in the middle of the 5th century B.C., the Judites found themselves in what seemed to be a hopeless situation. So, though back in the land, they were not in charge of their testimony as they were but a small province of the mighty Persian Empire. The, the temple was rebuilt, but you see, God's presence hasn't yet returned to the Holy of Holies. David's line had no throne in Jerusalem, and none of the great restoration promises seemed to be coming true for Israel at this time. So we shouldn't be surprised then that the Jews lacked faith. They looked around and they asked what they did in Malachi 3, 13-14. Malachi, a man of faith, saw the real problem was not that God was unfaithful to his promises, but that Israel was unfaithful to the covenant Lord. Full restoration depends upon true repentance, but such repentance was not yet forthcoming. You see, Israel was offering blemished sacrifices, and the people were withholding the tithe from the Lord. The poor, the widow, the orphan, the foreigner, they were all living in the land while being oppressed. And so Israel's people were no longer worshiping idols. But this was only superficial because they were not genuinely worshiping the Lord. And so nearing his ministry's completion, Malachi the prophet understood that, that the restoration would not come without the Lord intervening as he always did in the old days. It would take no less than the prophet Elijah, whose miracles and boldness proved beyond a shadow of doubt he was the Lord's spokesman, to preach a message that would bring true repentance. The day of the Lord is a day in which he completes salvation. He sets Israel over the nations and defeats all the enemies to come, but not before Elijah's return. Elijah would be the messenger to prepare the way of the Lord. And so following Elijah's ministry, immediately the Lord would come to his temple to a repentant people and would refine them in glory so they would serve him all their days. And so in the ministry of Malachi, the voice of prophecy ended in Israel, but not forever. The great day of the Lord in which he reveals the arm of salvation was yet to come. David would return to the throne of God and the conditions of the exile would be met. The faithful old covenant believer, though, would, would have to wait to see those days renewed. Malachi's ministry reveals the hardest part of the life of faith of Christ in, in Christ for Christians today. You see, often it seems like life is falling apart or there will be no resolution to things happening in our world. Sometimes we may feel like we must wait, wait, and wait, and wait some more for the Lord to intervene. But faith trusts the Lord. He is not slow to fulfill the promise that he has for us, but understands he works all things for good in his time. Hundreds of years after Malachi's day, the Lord Jesus came. Today, while we wait for the imminent return of the Lord and answers to our prayers, Christians must remember that the Lord in his time will fulfill his promise and answer prayer according to his sovereign purpose. So the prophets often spoke of the day of the visitation of the Lord, which they saw as a day of great comfort and rejoicing, and other times was a day of great distress and judgment. At the birth of the Lord Jesus, fully God and fully man, he came to earth on a death sentence in our place and for our sin. And so the Lord's visitation is celebrated in the Holy Spirit's inspired hymn of Zacharias, which mentions the divine visitation of the Lord in Luke 1, 68 and 78. You see, in the incarnation, the Lord Jesus, fully God and fully man, came on a death sentence to satisfy God's wrath. The Lord's first visitation was when he came with divine blessing, redemption, and divine warning. Even so, the Lord also announced to the world that he promised 
he would return on a future day. For those who love the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord Jesus will be an event of unspeakable joy and glory. At that event, he will bring to completion his mission. You see, those who want to ignore the first coming of of the Lord Jesus and fail to believe in his finished and sufficient work, they ought to shudder at the coming day of the Lord. For them, it will be one of sudden disaster. The coming of the day of the Lord to the non-Christian will be the day of the Lord described by Amos as a day of darkness with no light in it at all. As Christians, we should rejoice in the unspeakable joy and the glory that awaits the people of God in the return of the Lord. I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.